0: Welcome to the Horror Matchmaker podcast. This podcast is produced under fair use. All rights and credit go directly to rifle owners and no copyright infringement is intended. In this podcast, I'm going to explore horror films through comparison, contrast, and ranking of paired films. Each film will be ranked on the same scale against the other film in nine separate categories. These categories include story and script, score and sound design, director and cinematography, gore, special effects, violence and kill count, acting, scares, and pacing and tension. So how this is going to work is, of those nine categories, each film will be watched independently and ranked in those nine categories. The better of the two films in that category will receive a ten score. The other film will be ranked on a one to ten scale against that ten score of the other film. At the end of the match, the film that takes the most categories, or rounds, if you want to look at it that way, will be the winner of the match. And the final score will also be revealed, so we very well could have a film that scores higher than the one it's up against, and yet loses the match because it doesn't have as many ten rankings in each of the nine categories. As we move along through the podcast, we'll also have other segments, including This Day in Horror History, we'll do some trailer reviews and previews, and of course some horror news, and then down the road, actual horror matchmaking. The whole impetus for the podcast was... How do you get somebody into horror who seems to have avoided it their whole life? Uh, What's been the holdup and how can you as a horror fan uh, help get them in? So we're going to get into that hopefully a couple episodes down the road. Uh, But for right now, we're going to jump right into episode one. We have such sights to show you. This recurring segment of the Horror Matchmaker Podcast will be called Impending Doom, and here I will cover trailer previews and reviews. And yep, trailers will be matched too, so we'll do those two at a time. <clears throat> this week I've got two that I'm really excited about. The trailers dropped just within days of each other. So the first is Demonic, and this is Neil Blancamp, uh who we know from Elysium District, uh, District 8. Uh, this has an August 20th release date uh, through IFC Midnight. So I'm really excited about this one. As we get into the trailer, a quick synopsis. Uh, Mother-daughter situation. Mother looks like she's in some sort of coma, mental health, or medical situation. And there's a simulation that allows the daughter to go in and try to figure out what's going on. And somehow figures out that there's demons involved. So my first question getting through this trailer is, is this a possession film or a monster movie? And I'd prefer a creature feature myself, that's my personal preference, um, but I think possession's been run out, everything anymore is, is possession, and I'm kind of over it myself, so there's that. But I'm really excited to see Comp go full horror. horror, um, really enjoyed his movies, particularly District 9. Um, and, and knowing what he does with his films, I am expecting more than just a Possession movie. What they've shown in the trailer, it looks great. It sounds awesome. It leaves me with questions that I know can only be answered when the film comes out at the end of August. Uh, so I'm excited for that one. The next is Malignant, and this is James Wan, uh, who we know from Conjuring, Saw, and Insidious. He seems really great at setting up franchises and then passing them off to people to do mediocre things with. Uh, but this is Malignant. Uh, September 10th release date and quick synopsis for this one. A woman appears to be having premonitions, visions of murders as they are happening. And as we dive into this, it looks like the individual responsible is somehow related to her childhood imaginary friend. So is this a supernatural slasher, a slasher with a twist? and? Knowing that this is James Wan, he's great at a certain style of filmmaking, so we know what to expect in terms of style. And sometimes I think with him, we know what to expect in terms of content and story as well. So as I'm getting through this trailer, I leave with less questions. And I have a feeling that by the time we get into the third act of Malignant, we're going to have a better idea of what's going on and how it's going to end than maybe in Demonic. So if I had to choose between these two, I am going to go with Demonic. Uh, that's the one I'm most excited about and I would most want to see. Uh, fortunately, we're in a day and age where we don't have to choose, especially since they're coming out a few weeks apart. So again, Demonic by Neil Comp is coming out August 20th, and Malignant by James Wan is September 10th. Both of these trailers dropped earlier this week, so if you haven't checked them out, go and check them out uh, and look forward to those movies at the end of the summer. Jesus Christ, you don't know the rules? Kevin Andrews, my don't you? There are certain rules! That's right, there are rules. Rule number one, rules were made to be broken. It's my podcast, so if something's not working and I need to change it, I'm going to do that. Rule number two, each film will be ranked against the other film in each of the nine categories. The best film in that category will score a ten, the other film will score one two, ten ten based on that other ten. At the end of the match, the film with the most tens in each of the nine categories will win the match. The final scores will be revealed and it's quite possible that we have a higher scoring film not win the match. Three, there will be spoilers. A lot of these movies are 10, 20, 40 years old. If you're listening, I'm assuming you're a horror fan and you've seen these films, so I'm not going to tiptoe around spoilers. Number four, franchises. Franchise movies will not be matched, only the first originals. When I get to franchise matching, I will consider the entire franchise, not movie at a time, i.e. part 2 versus part 2. I will also only consider a franchise that is at least a trilogy, so three or more movies for franchises. Rule 5, remakes, reboots will not be matched with the originals. Let's be honest, most of the time they just don't hold up to the original, so let's not waste our time or energy. And I also firmly believe that the artists, filmmakers, everybody involved with those films deserves to have the film based on its own merit and not always compared to the original source material. So those are the rules for the Horror Matchmaker podcast. Thank you for being here, and we're going to jump right into our next two films. Before we dive into episode 1, which should be kind of obvious if you've paid attention to the musical cues to this point, I just want to do a quick introduction. I'm Matt, your host of the Horror Matchmaker podcast. I'm here with my girlfriend Erin today hello and she's going to join us for the first episode uh... her relationship with me was the inspiration and impetus for the podcast so i thought it appropriate before we get into that just want to do a quick introduction of myself my horror background and where i'm coming to this from Uh, i grew up in a small western new york town Uh, not a lot to do i was fortunate that my best friend growing up lars may he rest in peace his parents owned the movie theater and drive-in in town uh, so I spent a lot of time with him on the weekends and viewed a lot of movies mostly of the horror genre, <clears throat> a big burst of slashers at the early mid eighties of course. I uh, combined that with the couple video stores in town as I was a VHS kid, nothing else to do in a small town, and I got into horror pretty early. <clears throat> One of the ways that I'm going to address how people get into horror Uh, I attribute, of course, to S.A. Bradley. He uses it in his book, Screaming for Pleasure, and on his podcast, Hellbent for Horror. If you guys haven't checked those out yet, please do. They're fantastic. But he calls it the first kiss. So what was your first kiss with horror? What got you into it or turned you off from it in some cases? And mine was When a Stranger Calls. I was way too young when I saw the first 15 to 20 minutes of this film. I remember seeing it on TV and promptly being sent to bed, uh, but it was enough to cause me sleepless nights. Uh, if a phone were to ring after 8 or 9 in the evening, of course there were chills uh, abound, um, and I didn't see the rest of that movie until much later, uh, but I still remember the first 15 or 20 minutes being my first kiss of horror. Uh, following that, it was probably Jaws, because I saw that then wouldn't swim in a lake for some time. Um, so that's how I got into horror. And I'm here to ask Aaron. So, Aaron, what was your first kiss with horror?
1: Well, the first horror movie that I saw was Nightmare on Elm Street. And it was at a sleepover when I was 12 years old. And it was terrifying, and I wanted to go home. And I ended up leaving the party and going home because of the movie. Um. I wasn't allowed to watch horror movies when I was a kid so at home um, if something like that came on we had to turn it off and so yeah I had nightmares for years and didn't really watch any horror unless it was accidental until we started seeing each other.
0: So what kept you away from horror turns turned you off from horror other than the parental guidance
1: I mean the fear I guess yeah the nightmares I had nightmares from watching horror movies and I still sometimes do the imagery would get stuck in my head those are the things and also I, g- I think like the way I was raised because it was almost like oh that's bad you shouldn't put bad things in your mind. It's got a death curse! It's the boogeyman. As a matter of fact, it was.
0: Alright, so what got you more interested in horror? Or what got you into it, for lack of a better phrase? What brought you back into the fold?
1: Well, you were interested in it, so... I wanted to try, I mean really interested, like you own the movies and yeah, so I wanted to try and like it, but some of it I just can't come around to, but some of it I like and I guess it's the comedy of, that can be found in a lot of horror movies or the actual horror comedy that made me start to enjoy it like I seek out those movies now
0: okay so our first episode is Halloween versus Friday the 13th and with each episode I'm gonna do some movie intros I'm not doing synopsis or anything like that but why these two movies Uh, what biases do I bring to them if any uh, that um, explain some of my horror history with each of these movies So, these two, uh, for a first episode, why? For me, it's really easy. It's an easy entry for a first episode. Uh, Of my horror history, I probably know no better movies than these two that we're going to talk about. So, it makes it easy for me. It kind of gets it out of the way. Uh, I think at some point, people would expect the... Classics, for lack of a better term, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, all of those. Uh, So let's start with Halloween and Friday the 13th and get them out of the way. Um, I already have some plans coming up that I'm excited about, so I just wanted to kind of get these out of the way. They're an easy first episode, and we'll be able to get through it and see how this all works. The biases that I bring to it are really interesting. Uh, Halloween is one of my favorite movies ever. I think it's almost a perfect movie. I watch it multiple times a year and enjoy it every single time. Uh, there's so much I take out of Halloween. The flip side of that is that Friday the 13th is my favorite franchise. Uh, Beyond the first is when I think Friday the 13th really picks up steam. And I love the first movie, uh, but it's my favorite franchise as a whole, whereas Halloween's one of my favorite movies ever. So those are the biases that I'm bringing to this. And we're just going to get right into it. So our first category up in Halloween versus Friday the 13th is story and script. And here I gave the round to Friday the 13th. Not by much. I think Halloween's script is simple and effective. I think it works very well. Uh, as a story I don't think it holds up to the intricacy that exists in Friday the 13th as Friday the 13th works almost as a who done whodunit uh, through most of the film. Friday the 13th for a lot of people would also take this category because it prevents uh, the motivation of revenge within the story much more than Halloween though Halloween does establish Michael's uh, motivation as pure evil um, so The first 10 goes to Friday the 13th in story and script. I followed that up with an 8 ranking for Halloween in that category. Moving on to director and cinematography. Uh, This, for me, easily goes to Halloween. Um, To start with, I think Friday the 13th in 1980, two years after Halloween, I think you can tell that it takes maybe too much from Halloween to outscore it in this category. Uh, Let's take the openings of both films. Both films are obviously, this is a glaring example, first-person shots from uh, the killer POV. Uh, Throughout the opening shot, you don't know who that killer is. The prologue setup is even very similar. Uh, The soon-deceased characters are all engaging in some sort of sexual behavior even later in the film you can see some similarities um, And here I'm gonna talk about um, Bob's and Bill's kills Bob in Halloween of course being pinned to the wall and the similar scene uh, the kill happens off screen but in Friday the 13th they find Bill uh, pinned to the door of the shed with arrows so there's a lot of similarity there and I think maybe Friday the 13th takes too much from Halloween to outscore it in this category. So a 10 there for Halloween, and I did give Friday the 13th a 6 in that category. And it looks like Erin has something she'd like to add here.
1: Yes, well, I want to talk about the first category, where you said they established pure evil. Okay. Okay, so if it was pure evil, why didn't he kill the baby?
0: Uh, because there was no baby in Halloween.
1: <laughs> Doesn't he look in a crib no, and that's,
0: not... that's the 2018 Halloween.
1: Oh, oh yeah. okay. We're talking about okay.
0: 1978.
1: <laughs> and, and, and that's...
0: I think we had that discussion when we watched that in 2018. <laughs> that's a different thing entirely. Okay. So, yes, um... But, yeah, yeah. thank you for that. <laughs> All right, so, again, director and cinematography is a 10 for Halloween and a 6 for Friday the 13th. So our next category to consider is score and sound design. And, look, I, I think Friday the 13th is good. I think it's really good. Um, when we're talking about score and sound design, I just don't think it can compete with Halloween. Um Obviously both scores use iconic musical indicators and themes uh, but Halloween I think it lulls you a little bit more than slaps you or punches you like Farrier 13th. I think it's used more effectively um, and I think just the score and soundtrack in general is is just far superior to what Farrier 13th has to offer. Uh, the score and design's more fluid and organic as a whole. It's got the same feeling and emotion throughout the film and it really keeps the viewer engaged. Uh, Throughout it, there's nothing musically to pull the viewer from the world that's being created, and even though I know it's early in Friday the 13th, I will reference the banjo traveling segment when Annie's in the car, and it just kind of pulls you out of uh, the rest of the musical theme that's being built there. So in that category, the 10 goes to Halloween, and I gave Friday the 13th a 6 in that category. Anything about the sound or score for those, Aaron?
1: Yes, the banjo thing. I think that's some well-needed comic relief because the sounds are really scary in that movie. Okay.
0: So the next category to consider is gore. Uh, This one was pretty simple, Um, the 10 goes to Friday the 13th. Pretty early on in the slasher cycle, uh, Friday the 13th set the standard in this category. Um, Halloween really is Friday the 13th kid sister when we're talking about gore. Um, It's not just because lacking in kill count, which we're going to talk about next, but the lack of blood in the graphic kills requires um, less special effects, less gore. Um, Friday the 13th really primed the genre for the slasher glut of the early 80s, and the slasher flick soon became about those graphic special effects-laden kills much more than anything else. Uh, The flip side of this is that I think Halloween's lack of gore in special effects is part of its effectiveness um, and Carpenter's simplicity there really shines. So in that category for gore, again, Friday the 13th taking the 10, I gave Halloween a 5 in that category. Along the same lines, uh, Friday the 13th in special effects takes the 10, I gave Halloween a 3. obviously more kills more gore requires more special effects uh, Tom Savini really shines here in Friday the 13th uh, he got his feet really wet in the horror genre and went on to much bigger and better things from there um, so another category where Friday the 13th really outshines Halloween is in special effects the next category being violence and kill count so I've got some questions here uh, and we're gonna get into a little bit Obviously, if you've seen the films, Friday the 13th takes the 10 in this category with kill count and violence. Uh, Halloween uh, only has a kill count of 5, and that's not counting animals. Uh, The kill count in Friday the 13th, not counting animals, doubles that at 10. And I say not counting animals because in Halloween, Michael Myers kills two dogs. He kills Lester at the Wallace home and an off-screen stray eaten at the Myers house and of course famously in Friday the 13th we have the snake in the cabin that met its demise and that was an actual snake Um, so but kill count I've got the kill counts listed out here Um, I'm gonna start with Friday the 13th because I don't have many questions Uh, right off the top of course we see Barry and Claudette in the opening scene Uh, Claudette skilled off screen and then we start in modern day in quotes of course uh, with Annie. Ned is uh, off screen with a throat slash. Then we've got Jack and Marcy Uh, of course Jack as everyone knows um, is Kevin Bacon. So Jack and Marcy uh, Brenda is killed off screen. Steve Christie uh, Bill killed off screen, nailed to the uh, shed door with arrows and then Mrs. Voorhees uh, finally And then, of course, honorable mention on the kill count list is the snake. That brings it up to 11. For Halloween, I have a question. So, and this is maybe something Aaron can help because I don't hear people in the community talk about it much. But, of course, Halloween starts with Judith Myers. And then we get up to present day, in quotes, again. And the mechanic is killed off screen. This is where Michael gets his jumpsuit from and maybe a mode of transportation. The mechanic actually has a name. His name is Christopher Hastings, and he's killed with a gunshot. So, I have a question. What happened to the gun? Because it doesn't show up again. It doesn't really fall in with Michael's M.O.
1: Does it show where he gets the gun?
0: No, we don't see any of that. And it's just one of those meatball questions hanging out there, is
1: it in the mechanics? is it after he has the jumpsuit on no because he kills him we don't
0: the know jumpsuit. okay, but I think we should talk about the alleged gunshot that killed the mechanic a little more um so Halloween um a paltry five kills um, and in that category, Halloween is a five to Friday the thirteenths ten, and then we start to get into uh. What the movies offer as far as setup, and this begins with acting. So look, the acting's not great in either of these films, but <laughs> I think John Carpenter's characters and the performances draw me in more. I like both groups of these kids. Uh, I, I have the buy-in with both groups of kids, uh, but I think the Haddonfields teens they seem more real and fleshed out uh, when we take into account the young kids, Lindsay and Tommy. Uh, they're great, and then, of course, I think Jamie Lee, Tom, or Jamie Lee Curtis and Donald Pleasance really push Halloween to that 10. Uh, that's not to take anything from the ensemble that Friday the 13th put together. Uh, they've got some good performances there. I just don't think they measure up to the acting that we find in Halloween, but I'm going to go back, and again, acting's not great in either film, but um, it does draw me in more and give me more buy-in uh, with the Haddonfield group of teens and the characters that they flesh out there any thing to add there about the acting or the characters, Aaron?
1: Um, the acting's pretty bad. But that's one of the things that helps the movie be a little bit funny to me for someone like me to watch. Uh, yeah.
0: Great. Good. And and there's something to be said about a great campy B horror movie type where the acting's one of those things that can get you through it. Right. Um So our next category is scares. This, again, um, goes to Halloween, earning the 10 in this category. The creep factor here for me is really what pushes Halloween to the forefront. Um, I think it also has to do with the pacing and tension that's already been established throughout the film. Uh, Friday the 13th to me uses more bombastic jump scare approaches with a less tense build up. Halloween, the cinematography here plays a role, and Dean Cundey, the um, director of photography on Halloween, really shows his skill and talent in a lot of cases, and really helps build um, the scares through the pacing and the tension in this film. Uh, The lighting, everything that he does in this film, really, I catch something new every time. Um, Fire the 13th uses more setup and foreshadowing. I think that reduces the overall impact of the scares when they do arrive. Um, Halloween depicts Michael as more of a shadowy interloper, often appearing in unexpected or unconventional spaces. And here, I think about Annie uh, in the car. That's kind of unexpected, following the drawn-out sequence in the Wallace home where you see Michael on a couple occasions, and you keep expecting that to be uh, the end of of her in the, in that film. But instead, they draw it out to the car. Uh, when she gets in to go pick up her boyfriend. And it really builds that tense moment and, and adds that scare for me. Um, so a 10 there for Halloween. And we're going to move right into pacing and tension. Um, I think Friday the 13th's pacing is quicker and more robust than Halloween. And it also relieves some potential tension. Uh, for Halloween, the direction, the score, the cinematography, they all coalesce to create that tense, very well-paced story michael seemingly stalks his victims more closely which helps to build tension as we continue to get to know the characters uh... the way michael's present throughout the film he's a looming threat unseen by most um, and he increases the tension we know that there's that boogeyman out there um, whereas friday the thirteenth it clearly works as a whodunit on that level uh... you don't see the killer you don't know who it is until that final reveal uh, that it is Mrs. Voorhees, uh, and for me, the creep, the, the pacing, the tension, the scares, it all for me works better in everything that Halloween has set up to make it happen that way. So, um, anything to add there, Aaron?
1: Um, The building of tension really is what makes horror movies unbearable to me. The anxiety of what is about to come. So that makes the Halloween movie scarier. Even though the other movie is gorier. Um, Friday the 13th is kind of more funny. It does give away more. So you're not as scared when it happens. Except at the end.
0: So the, the big reveal... But scene by scene, it gives away more. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah,
1: but the very end, like, super scary to me. Yeah. Alright. Okay.
0: So, here we are, ready to call it a match. And with five categories taken, Halloween edges out Friday the 13th's four. The category scoring comes down to a draw at 71 points apiece. Story and Script, Friday the 13th, 10, Halloween, 8. Director and Cinematography, Halloween, 10, Friday the 13th, 6. Score and Sound Design, Halloween, 10, Friday the 13th, 6. Gore, Friday the 13th, 10, Halloween, 5. Special Effects, Friday the 13th, took the 10, Halloween, 3. Violence and Kill Count, Friday the 13th took the 10, Halloween 5. Acting went to Halloween with Friday the 13th scoring 7. Scares to Halloween, Friday the 13th scoring 6. And Pacing and Tension to Halloween with Friday the 13th scoring 6. So, a nice draw for our first episode. And that's one down. Next up, and one I'm really looking forward to doing, is Event Horizon versus In the Mouth of Madness. I hope you come back, and thanks for sticking around for the Horror Matchmaker.